Hello, it's Lita here from Community Finance Ireland, and welcome to our podcast series. Changemakers are in every community, they're in every city, and they're down every rural road, right across the island of Ireland. This series meets with those amongst us who choose change. Their stories demonstrate what can be done when we work together. And here at Community Finance Ireland, we speak finance, but we hear people. And we really do hope you enjoy listening to them. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Community Finance Island podcast. Um, I'm here today with Adrian Bird, the Trust Director of the Resurgum Trust, based in Lisburn in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. Uh, good afternoon, Adrian. Thank you very much for joining us. Hello. Um, we're really interested to hear about the Resurgum Trust because um, this is a really innovative community and voluntary project uh, and a series of projects that you do for the um, community within Lisbon and I'm really interested to hear about them as well because the Resurgum Trust itself, um, Resurgum is the Latin word for rising up, so I think this probably gives us a sense of the spirit that exists within um, your business here in Lisbon and I wanted to ask you just very quickly, tell the listeners a little bit about the organisation and what it is that it's doing in Lisbon. Okay. Um, the Reserve Trust uh, came out of a 20-year journey of community regeneration and peace building uh, based in Lisburn. Um, a group of people came together following the Good Friday Agreement and did a lot of very innovative and forward-thinking work around the reintegration of former prisoners. And that, that's where it started. Um, but during that process, there was an integrated approach to link in with other community-based organisations in Lisburn that had most of the experience and most of the knowledge of what had been going on for many years before that. Um, so during the first sort of 10 to 15 years, like many communities in Northern Ireland, uh, we were involved, uh, a group called Lisburn Prisoner Support Project were involved in a number of peace building initiatives. Um, one of the key elements of that work was the, around creating and getting involved in community business. Yes. Social enterprise wasn't a, yeah. wasn't a buzzword then. It wasn't, no wasn't a common term. Yeah, you were a bit of a, it, it was kind of a reasonably new idea at the time. And so that was the early start of it. But today, the Research and Trust does support for a number of different initiatives. Yes. So you've got five key kind of projects that run under your particular board and your uh, group of people that work there. So, um, and the diversity is quite interesting because you do the Egan View Enterprise Centre, you do the Premier Taxi Company, you do Lisbon Community Inns, you have a New Horizons Credit Union, and you also have the Lisbon Community Self Build. Um, I mean, there's quite a lot of projects that are involved in there. Is that the reason why you got involved, or are all those projects a result of you getting involved in the first place? Well, they evolved over a number of years. Um, if you take uh, the Reserve and Trust today in, in yeah. 2020, the Reserve Trust is a membership-based organisation, and we have over a thousand individual members and thirty-six member groups. Uh, we have six social enterprises. Um, those social enterprises have created sustainable employment for around one hundred and thirty people. Okay. Um, last year, they, they had a combined annual turnover of one point nine million pound, but probably more importantly, put about two million pound into the local economy in Lisburn. The, the business side of it is, is, is very important, but the business side only supports the community side, and the community side is the charity, the, the Reserve and Community Development Trust. Mm -hmm. And within that side of, of, of what we do, there is a number of other really important elements. One is uh, working with youth and young people, 
Yes. We're working with about 600 young people uh, every week. On, and I on, saw on your Facebook some of those young people and what they're doing in terms of the videos and the sort of initiatives that they're uploading. I was watching earlier this morning that one of your young people has kind of uploaded her video on It's Smile Month. And I thought that was fantastic to see, particularly given that we're in a month where we know we're still in social distancing. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. What we try to do is the, the social side of things. So if you, if you looked at it and, and looked at the, the social side of what we do, and the business side of what we do. So the social side is about youth development. It's around our healthy living centre and the health of our community. It's around early intervention, working with all of the schools in Lisburn and the programmes and the resources that we bring into the schools. But what we try to do is, is link everything in. Um, another very important part of, of uh, what we do and, and probably where the finance uh, end of it came in was around the creation of a a community-led housing model. Yes. Um, so, so what I mean by that is, you know, um, we have thinking of long-term sustainability of the organisation, built up uh, a number of assets. We have a number of commercial buildings, which we either own or have long-term leases. And we've built up a small portfolio of uh, residential property. So we have 11 houses, which we rent out. Um, I need to be very clear, we don't want to be a housing association. That isn't what no. we do. No. It, it, it is about community. Um, so within the community-led housing model, um, and there's stories behind every property that, that we have got, you know I mean? A lot of it involved um, uh, the regeneration and renovation of derelict buildings. Yeah. Uh, so one of the... Uh, and that gave some employment to people locally building it, I would assume. Absolutely. You know, the first, the first nine houses that we did, um, um, we had a huge um, in, uh, in employment training scheme where we brought young, young people onto the site and taught them uh, construction skills. Yeah. Um, all of those young people ended up in employment of some sort. There, there is the education, the training side, yeah. the welfare side, uh, the social side. Um, the, the latest scheme that we did, and you know, the, the community finance, and it's, it's, it's strange because we, we, we secured a loan uh, through UCIT for um, £160,000. So we had the ladder of offer for £160,000. We ended up, we never actually drawed down any of that money. We didn't take the loan. But if we hadn't had that loan in place in uh, December uh, 2018, our entire £750,000 project would have fell because there was a shortfall in the funding to build the, the apartments. So we built, we took two derelict buildings right in the center of Lisburn city. Um, we, we got planning permission for five apartments and a community unit down uh, stairs and on the bottom floor. And we were able to lever in um, some financial support from different funders, but we were short by, at that point by 160,000 mm pounds. -hmm. So we negotiated the, the loan um, through uh, use of um, probably based on uh, the relationship that we have built up over many years because we've bought, borrowed off them on at least two other occasions. Let's talk about what makes it so successful. I think uh, a big part of the success of the Reserve Trust has been the leadership that was shown uh, within community. And what I mean by that is I'm not actually talking about myself. It's it, yeah. a, a dedicated group of people with a common bond yeah. That, that wanted to take risks and take chances. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, and it's a critical factor, is 
the integrated approach that we we took from the start. So we involved the other sections of the community and boundary sector in Lisburn. It wasn't, you know, a standalone group that was out by itself working in isolation. It took this integrated approach and involved um, other community and boundary sector organisations as part of the journey. That yeah. made it that made it much easier uh, to be successful. Um, because even if you take even a plan for funding, um, yeah. it took the competition out of it. We were able to come up with the common purpose, the the, the main aims of, of what we wanted to achieve, and done it together as yeah. a community. So rather teamwork than and collaboration is really important. Absolutely, like, you hear yeah. that across the whole island when we're talking to clients. And um, we we talked earlier, Adrian, about the social impacts of the project. I mean, you've got six social enterprises there you have 130 people who kind of work on a daily basis in and out so you've you've created two million of local monies into the lisbon area there's just some of the social impacts that i see or i've heard from you what are the other social impacts what about the you know the the mental health of the people who get involved in some of the projects yeah absolutely you know it's it's it's, it's an integrated approach if if it was just about the businesses and if it was just about um, creating the employment, um, basically I would just be a businessman running a number of yes. businesses. But it's linking the businesses in with those the social side of what we do. So it's linking it in with the work that we do in the Healthy Living Centre, which the uh, big focus at the minute is mental health and, and, and yes. the mental health and wellbeing. It's so important now in, 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 in May 2020. But it was already highlighted as a big issue. Um, the, the early intervention uh, uh, work that we're doing within the schools, you know, the big focus on that is speech and language. There's yeah. been a huge, um, uh, you know, there's a crisis going on with speech and language in, in young people. Uh, and then the youth work, um, uh, you know, very, very important in, in, in 2020, uh, getting the young people involved. We've been very successful with young people because if I go back, um, you know, the 20 years at the beginning of the journey. Some of the children and young people that we were working with, you know, 20 years ago now, would have paid positions uh, within within reserve and now that have been to university, that they've got they their education. Yeah. And they have stayed with us, which demonstrates the importance of it. I, I think, you know, and I've been asked a number of times, um, the importance of the, the, the membership base, because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody talks about assets and you can have as much assets and they can be as valuable as you want but if if, if, if you don't have people yeah. so we do have a thousand individual members mm -hmm. within our membership there's six community associations stretched right across Lisburn and the greater Lisburn area yeah. all of those people pay one pound a year to be a member of the reserve and thrust um, a pound you know what it gets them is you know they're on our our mailing list they get all of our information they get invited to all of the programs they, they're part of our fundraising strategy. Um, the member groups, um, it's, it's a support network. So yes. it is a collaboration of member groups. What are the priorities for the communities that we are living in and how do we address those priorities? So the, the membership is so important. And, and, and I will say it, it's, it's important for probably another reason. When you go to your political representatives, no matter what political party they come from, yeah. and you say to them, look, you know, the Reserve and Trust has um, 36 member groups with a thousand individual members. Mm -hmm. From a political perspective, they immediately look at it and say, look, we need to work with this group. They'll be thinking, 
of, of the votes at the next election. Mm. But also if you go to some of the, the statutory providers or the departments, should it be education, you know, whichever department, right away, or even the local council, the local authority, Lisburn and Castlereagh Council, they look at the organisation and say, look, this is, this is an organisation that we could do business with. They've got a, a large stretch of, of membership. They've got a large reach of across the council area. Um, and they could help deliver uh, programmes uh, for us, you know. And you're an, inc an inclusive um, team. I mean, you, you, you do, you do uh, everything. Uh, absolutely. From the very early days, you yeah. know, we took peace building and relationship building. Yeah. Very, very important. And we still, we still do. We we have built up, you know, huge relationships with um, organisations right across the community. And can I ask Adrian then? So there's a twenty-year history here. I'm um, this collaboration and this membership, um, and obviously you've been able to fund different projects at different stages. Um, talk to the listeners a little bit about what and where, where you may have gone to for um, different types of financing? Um, I suppose what in the early days, what we would have complained about was that there was, uh, wasn't enough um, financial support coming in from local government into the communities in Lisburn because yeah. it wasn't a, a designated neighbourhood in your area. Okay. And I suppose now, looking back, that was maybe one of the benefits for it meant we had to look elsewhere for money. To be more so from, about yeah. where you got it. Mm -hmm. So fr from the very early days, um, you know, uh, it was, um, it's not just about a grant, it's, it's about we would borrow money. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you, you know, a, a, an example of the early days. You know, we, own a, we own a bar, you know, Lisburn Community Inns, a highway inn. Um, to buy that bar um, was £380,000. Yeah. Um, we, we had £80,000 through the sale of a property which we put yeah. down as a deposit, and we borrowed £300,000. And that was a huge commitment at that time from a group of people from the community and voluntary sector. Um, £200,000 was borrowed from the, the Bank of Ireland at very low interest rates over 12 years. And uh, £100,000 was borrowed from the brewery. Um, now, at the time, our, our accountants and our solicitors and all of our advisors were saying, yes, are mad. Um, bars and clubs are closing. Mm -hmm. Yet you were going to buy a bar, but what they what they didn't know was the the organisation that was behind it. You know the the membership, the groups, the sporting groups, the clubs, the commitment that there was to own a community based bar. And to my knowledge, you know, there's only two in Northern Ireland: uh, one based in Belfast, the John Hewitt, and ours based in Lisburn, Lisburn, Lisburn Community Inns, the Highway Inn. Um, that was when the commercial banking would actually lend to you. Um, uh, and, and we had a number of small loans um, from our bank at that stage and then when the whole banking crisis and the economic crisis hit us all um, there was just no way even with a very good sound financial uh, track record and assets that could be used as security um, they, 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 they wouldn't lend to us then um, yeah. that then led us into the community sector and looking at community banking and yeah. led us into conversations with, with USIT and and uh, that's you know sort of led us into that relationship. Um, so the tipping point for applying to Community Finance Ireland, formerly UCIT, was that you suddenly found yourselves, through no fault of your own, but as a result of what had happened to the economy in general, 
you found yourselves with no clear route to finance. Absolutely. Um, it didn't matter how much security we were able to put up, even, even on secured loans. The commercial banks wouldn't lend to okay. the community and value sector. They wouldn't lend, lend to a charity. Um, so we, we, we did actually investigate um, a number of banks and, and what actually um, built up a relationship at that stage with USIT. And okay. build up that so the, the tipping point for the relationship was the economy closed off the traditional pipeline of funding. You were yeah. in the middle of this self-build housing association project that you had a number of people working on or involved in, and you had some money to do it, but you needed a, a gap. So you pick up the phone to Community Finance Ireland, and you say, "What?" I say um, simply, um, could we have a conversation about borrowing some money? We've yeah. got a concept, we've got an idea, we've got a track record, and we've got assets. Um, could we come and meet you and could we come and talk to you? And, and that's where it started. And how uh, was that experience, Adrian? We found it a, a, a very, very easy experience. You know, yeah. um, and, and it was face-to-face, -face, which, which was also very, very important. Um, so, so you had a personal of, connection. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you then the benefit of that particular loan at that moment in time when other traditional channels were closed? What did that feel like and what was the impact of that to you and the project that you were involved in? Well, it was massive for it made it happen. You know what I mean? We had already we'd already borrowed money, we'd already um on the business side of the of of, of what we were doing. Um you know, we had successful businesses, we had income that was being generated. Um, but when, when we started to build property, um, it, it was as much about the education and training side that went with the property. It wasn't just about building a house, it was about the training and employment that went to the young people while you built that house. Yeah. So if we had lost the opportunities, and sometimes you have to take your chances when they come, because, you know, if you lose the opportunity, you know, you don't get it back. Um, so, you know, one particular loan, and we have had a number of loans, um, one particular loan was to build um, six houses. Mm -hmm. uh, the six houses were on the Old Burn Estate in, in Lisburn. Mm -hmm. um, they were um, being sold um, to a housing association. Um, the benefit in that particular scheme for us was, one, we were turning a bit of waste land that was being used for dumping um, into six houses, much needed houses, social houses. Um, and a couple of things worked well for that. The land was owned by the Northern Ireland Housing Executive. Yeah. Um, they deferred the, 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 the price of the land until after the, the project was finished and the houses were sold. Mm -hmm. um, but at that stage, USIT um, lent us £130,000. So we used that £130,000 to build the houses. Mm -hmm. um, then we sold the houses to a housing association. Mm -hmm. And when the houses were sold, we, we paid back um the the money to the housing executive for the land okay so you were able to pay back all of your debt plus you yes, yes, had yes. built and actually yes. the long-term benefit was there was new social housing available for those who needed in lisbon absolutely um on on the bigger site um you know where we built the nine houses you know it had a another um strange sort of um concept and a whole story behind it but again it was a bit of a bit of waste land um, yeah. we, 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 borrowed, we borrowed the money um, uh, to build the houses, but the business concept was as we built the houses, 
you, you sold the houses as, as you built them, the first time buyers. Mm -hmm. So you were getting first time uh, buyers on onto the housing market. There's a number of different things. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the housing association project is a really interesting one in terms of you saw an opportunity and you got the right people with you to get it across the line. I mean, obviously the resurgent project itself, you've won a number of awards. And so, you know, I know you've been around for a while, but these awards suggest to the listeners that there is a real, um, a really strong team of people with you. I mean, you've won the Northern Ireland Enterprise Social Economy for Business. You've won the Best Social Enterprise Business Award. You've, you've been granted the Queen's Awards for Voluntary Service. You've highly commended in the investment in health. So clearly there's a standard um, and an approach that you have embedded in your team. Can I ask you for the listeners, what have you learned from the process that you could share with others that they're looking in at their projects and they're looking in at their communities. They're seeing the youth and the mental health and maybe social housing as issues within their communities. What can you share with them that you've learned from being involved with a very vibrant membership project that you could say to them, look, I'm, we're 10 years behind you. How and what could we be doing? Yeah, well, you know, Yes, we have, we have won awards, and 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 uh, most most of the awards that we have won, um, we were invited to submit, you know, to mm -hmm. the award, um, and it does it creates it creates a great marketing opportunity um, mm -hmm. when you get the award, um, and and it, it, it's a great morale booster um, for for everybody that's around. It's not just the staff, you know, the Reserve Trust is over five hundred volunteers, so those volunteers, you know. When, when the award comes out and we get the award, it's, it's, a, it's a huge morale booster and for them. probably feel their efforts are. You know, sometimes when we're doing it, we just wonder sometimes that we're doing the right yeah. thing. And then somebody comes out from outside and says, well, actually, there's nobody doing it better than you. It all has to feel good. I think, I think the other thing that, that has done for us, um, we're part of a, a, a project that came out of this um, you know, uh, journey that we have taken, uh, where we have uh, piloted, um, a, a community knowledge transfer mm -hmm. uh, program, um, and really, really, what happened was um, government at that stage, the Department for Communities in Northern Ireland, came to ourselves and another trust in Fermanagh, the Fermanagh Trust, and we created what was called the Community Academy for Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. Now, what that actually does is it's it's about local knowledge transfer. So when you talk about organisations that are ten years behind. Really, really, what I say to them is, you know, there's, there was nothing special about any of us. It was about, it was about leadership. It was about integration. It was about collaboration. There's too many communities out there that are still arguing and fighting among themselves at low levels about who is the lead organisation. When we got to the point where it was really about the benefits of our community and we came together, it opened up so many doors. Yeah. So. You know, knowledge transfer, all of our learning, and, and I have to say this, you know, all of our learning came from another community. So we, we, we didn't create anything. You know, the idea for the credit union came from a visit to Edinburgh in Scotland. You know, the idea for the Lagan V Enterprise Centre came from the Craig and Enterprise Centre up in Rathmore Centre up in Derry. Right. So everything that we have done, we have learned from somewhere else. Yeah, and what we found, other communities were very happy to share their knowledge with us 
And now we are in the position where we can actually share our knowledge through the, through the Community Academy of Northern Ireland with other communities. And we're quite willing to do that. Adrian, I want to say thank you very much um, for coming to talk to us today. We've really enjoyed listening to um, what your project is doing there in Lisbon. And we uh, wish you and all of your team and all of your members continued success. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. From our team at Community Finance Ireland, thank you to those volunteers and leaders who spent time sharing their success and determination. We hope you found some useful insights while listening here. Their stories demonstrate that dreamers are always welcome in our communities. You may be a dreamer today, but you too could be the change maker of the future. Be sure to subscribe to this series and tune in to hear our next story coming soon.